In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. There's a story about the theologian and priest Austin Ferrer, who was chapel who was chaplain for many years at Keeble College in England. He would go every morning into the chapel and celebrate an early Holy Eucharist. He was devoted, but sometimes his friends wondered why he bothered. Uh, One supposedly asked him, doesn't it get lonely in there with just one or two students and them half asleep? Why do you do it? Can't you be spending your time doing something else? Austin Ferrer replied, quite the contrary. What with all the apostles, prophets, saints, martyrs, angels, and archangels, while it's room, it's amazing there's room for us at all. I love that idea, that it's a full, full room. I sometimes think of that on weekdays as uh, a few of us gather for morning prayer over in the chapel area. Um, Some days there's one of us, some days there's seven or eight, but you can almost feel the others. I can almost imagine Miss Serena Rhinelander walking by, sitting with us for a little while. I could almost feel the presence of Reverend Paul and Reverend Oler, so many more. And then there are those that many of you remember, Francis and Lillian and Dick and Yvonne and so many more praying alongside us, nodding their heads when we read a familiar scripture or say a well-known prayer. Every time we come in this room or others like it, we stumble into what Austin Ferrer understood, that he was surrounded by the communion of saints. He knew that he wasn't alone. He knew that he had holy help. We don't always talk about this in the Episcopal Church. We're not always as explicit about what it means to invoke the saints or talk about the saints. We name churches by saints. We have St. Mary's and St. Botoffs and St. James and even all saints. But then we're not always really sure what that means. What do we do with these saints? Do we put them in stained glass windows and keep them there, (laughs) two-dimensional? Do we think of the saints more as lucky charms, kind of good for the naming of a child or the excuse of a special dessert on a saint's day? Or are saints simply a religious affectation, a kind of romantic indulgence of the Anglophile or a superstition of Catholic grandmothers? The question for us really then is, do we pray to them? Do we pray for them? Do we pray with them? Do we perhaps pray in spite of them? We can look to the New Testament for help to begin with. If we notice that many of the writers in the New Testament use the word we translate as saint very loosely, in many places, all the faithful Living and dead are referred to as saints. Uh, Paul addresses his letter to the Romans, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. 
In helping the Corinthian church sort out its squabbles, Paul suggests that the aggrieved parties go not to secular courts, but go, what he says, before the saints, the local gathering of Christians, in other words. In Revelation, John shows us various pictures of the saints in light, ordinary believers, some who have died for their faith and others who have died natural deaths, but ordinary believers made extraordinary by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I used to have a seminary professor who would always address us as saints. Saints, don't forget to read chapter 3 for tomorrow's class. He was naming us for the way God has intended us to live. Saints are marked people in a way. Saints are marked by God with the word for saint, sanctus or holy. Some teach and lead and move us closer to God. Some antagonize and agitate all for the glory of God. Some offer mercy and show justice for the glory of God. And and then some, usually a few, really do exude a kind of holiness. They live transparent lives through which one can see the love of Christ. But we too are marked as saints. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit at our baptism. We're marked as Christ's own forever. And we carry that mark of his holiness. We carry it wherever we go. Whether we always show that to the world or not, we are still marked. And we're growing into it. In the Revelation to John the Divine, John has a vision of what heaven must look like when everyone is grown to the full maturity of sainthood. He says, a a great multitude which no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and tongues, all of them standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. Revelation shows us the future, but it also helps us understand the past. It helps us know that those everyday saints who struggled to be faithful in this world, who prayed to God and prayed for each other, have been raised to new life in heaven. Do not fear, they are there. There they do what they did in this life. They continue to show forth God's love. They continue to sing God's praises. They pray and they pray for us. Years ago, I remember someone sort of laying it out very simply for me, this this whole idea of what do we do with the saints. She said, John, did your grandmother pray for you? I said, yeah, I think she did. I'm pretty sure she did. And she said, why should death and eternal life change that? My Sunday school teachers prayed for me. Friends and perhaps those I didn't even know very well have prayed for me. Many of them have died, but my faith and even my sense of Christ's presence tells me that they have been raised to new life in Christ. They are with God, they're changed, but they're still praying for me and for all of us. Even more now that they're consumed in God's love. Like love itself, love that bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things. Prayer, too, never ends. 
And so the saints, the great ones, the ordinary ones, and those who are still improving, all the saints, pray for us. The saints surround us and help us and they pray for us, and that's a good thing. It's especially a good thing to have help when we read Gospels like today. The the Sermon on the Mount seems impossible to live into. It's like a model of holiness, the Beatitudes, that lovely listing of blessed bees. It really sets a Christian standard so high that it feels unattainable. But we have help. We have help from those who've gone before us, who've wrestled with these very words of Jesus. Some didn't quite meet the mark. Others came to embody the Beatitudes, and they became so closely identified with the blessings that they themselves have become blessings. But the Beatitudes point us in the direction of holiness. We're very few of us there yet, but we're all on our way. And the saints remind us to stay on track, and they help to show us the way. The other night I missed a buddy's birthday party, but it reminded me of another birthday party I went to. It wasn't so much his birthday, but it was really and truly the birthday of his church. My friend Norman is the rector of All Saints Church in Woodhaven, over in Queens. And All Saints closed some years ago. It was closed, shuttered, the sign taken down, and deconsecrated. Its handful of members would walk by this huge, once beautiful building, and they couldn't get in anymore. The Diocese of Long Island had an idea, and they knew of another church not too, too far away, St. Matthew's Church. But St. Matthew's was in a neighborhood that was changing rapidly, and it was a hard place for, again, a small handful of Christians to be. And so the bishop got busy and talked to the two little tiny communities, and they came up with an idea. What if St. Matthew's sold its building and moved to combine with All Saints? And what if the diocese put some money in and they fixed up All Saints and they reopened it as a new church? And so that's what they did. And not long after All Saints Day, there was the re-consecration of the church and the installation of my buddy as its rector. And as God's sense of humor would have it, uh, where else would an African-American Episcopalian priest with a Baptist grandfather who's fluent in French and Spanish end up in ministry? He's right where God would have him be. And so I went to this service, and it was a fantastic affair. We began at the church, and the bishop said a prayer, but then we made a procession down toward Queens Boulevard. By restaurant after restaurant, we must have gone past 20 different nationalities. By the time we went back to the church, we had picked up maybe 100 people. They were curious. They wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Some of them didn't even understand the language we were singing or speaking, but they followed us inside to see the show. And the show it was. It just kept going. The music was fantastic with people from various countries in Africa, with Afro-Caribbeans, with people from various Spanish-speaking countries, with people who had lived their whole lives in New York, with, with on and on and on. It was just this wild diversity. And it really felt like all the saints. 
saints who had died and joined God fully, they were there praying for us, praying that that moment would happen. The living saints, all different colors, all different kinds, they were there. But even the new, as yet, saints were there. All those neighbors came in as well. I think of that church sometimes when I walk by Holy Trinity and neighbors walk by and everybody's slightly curious what goes on in there. Many come to meetings or other events here and a few come to church. But we have such potential to create new saints, to invite new saints, to help them get to know our old saints and all of us continuing to grow. In that wonderful, wonderful hymn we just sang, We're reminded that the saints lived not only in ages past, hundreds of thousands still. The world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will. You can meet them in school or in lanes or at sea, in church or in trains or in shops or at tea. But the saints of God are folks like me, and I mean to be one too. May the saints inspire us when we're tired. May the saints strengthen us. When we're lazy, may the saints shame us. When we're alone or lonely, may the saints surround us. And may they continue to fill our lives with increasing love until that day when we join them before God in everlasting praise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.